Um, as is mentioned in your bulletin, for the past several months, I've been studying under Pastor Gord um, in the Supervised Pastoral Education Program. I'm almost finished my Master's of Divinity and Social Work, so glory be to God, I will finish school before the day he comes back. <laughs> um, our passage this morning talks about how um, we're not limited by uh, physical, mental, or emotional limitations, but how uh, we are given the grace of Christ for good reason and to fulfill his calling on our lives. And so I noticed three really important things from the, the passage in Second uh, Timothy, which are love, faith, uh, sorry, yeah, the confidence, the thing that I'm lacking right now, love, love, faith, and confidence, and so as we work through the scripture together, I'm going to share with you uh, small examples of how um, love, faith, and confidence have worked themselves out in my life, but I really want to stress the fact that love, faith, and confidence are not only important to the faith of people with special needs, they're important to the faith of everyone. And so um, whether or not you have a visible disability, it's important that love, faith, and confidence be part of our Christian relationships and our Christian service to one another. So I want to begin by sharing a poem that I wrote for the Summer Institute on Theology and Disability. And if any of you are intrigued by the things that I uh, share with you this morning, I encourage you to look that up. It's the Summer Institute on Theology of Disability, and it happens every year, and it ro rotates around the world. So I shared this poem with them last year. I have heard some people say, I'm sorry you have a disability. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Some people wonder, why are my fingers like that? I don't know. Why would anyone choose to have a cat? I can't uh, I can't straighten my fingers or toes any more than some people can make money grow. I'm not so sure there's anything wrong, though. We live in a fallen world, some people say, but they assure me, in heaven, you'll be able to walk someday. Some people tell me I am the way I am because of brokenness. Brokenness, I say, I didn't know I was broken, not in any physical way. Oh, you mean my legs? They're just fine. The difference between me and some people is that I don't rely on my legs to have a good time. I know the gospel is good news, my friends. The good news is I'm not waiting till the end. I know that I'm okay today, and I'm confident that God made me this way. Do not fret. The Bible explains we live in the already, but not yet. Do you have any pain, some people ask? Sure I do. Don't you? At times I have some mental, emotional, and occasionally physical too. Some people attempt to solve my problem. Do you know that God could heal you? I'm, I think he could if he wanted to. 
Do you think I should ask God to make me just like you? Are you sure that's the best God can do? (laughs) I'm not sure physical healing is the answer we are searching for. There has got to be something more. Some people may pretend their life is right as rain. I'm sure they also live with many kinds of pain. Even if your arms and legs work better than mine, there is no way that every part of your life is fine. Two arms, two legs, and a mind that works the same is not exactly a Christ-like aim. Jesus loved those who were different. On the cross, he embraced so much pain. His purpose was to remove all of our shame. Two arms, two legs, and a mind that works exactly the same is not the way to be. How would me becoming like you or you becoming like me teach us to embrace diversity or love those who live differently? Indeed, we all have need. I will be blessed through what you can do. If you would, please take a moment and notice the gifts that I can share with you. They may be unique, but I insist their uniqueness is no reason to resist. Instead of wishing that you were like me or I was like you, Let's work together and see what God can do. Thank you. Um, I was born with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, and this causes me um, substantial difficulty, as you can see, coordinating my arms and legs, and I also have a visual impairment. So as a result, I rely on um, electronic reading devices for, for reading or very, very large print materials, as you see in front of me, and I also um, use a power wheelchair. Um, under the circumstances, my, my family had no idea uh, what living to my full potential would look like, but they knew that it involved living for Christ, and so um, they, they raised me up in that way. I was continually reminded of Jeremiah 29.11, which says, Uh, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope in a future. And that reassured me that um, um, the the plan, the reason that I was born the way I was, was not by accident, but that God actually intended um, this purpose for me. And also, um, uh, Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through God who strengthens me, encouraged me to uh, try a lot of different things, including uh, um, piano lessons, violin lessons, um, excelling in school, and eventually pursuing my master's. And, and also, I've traveled a little bit around the world to share what it means to be faithful and to have a disability. And so I share that not to, to my own horn, but just to say that 
Uh, God makes big things come out of seemingly disabled packages. So um, I'll share more about that as we go. But um, uh, Second Timothy means a lot to me because, like I said, um, he uh, talks so much about um, the confidence that we can have and and the reason that God has behind things and and living for faith. And so, um, in the first four verses of Second Timothy, we see a lot of love between um, Paul and Timothy. Uh, if I can just have some water. Um, so he says, I, I thank God for you and I pray for you every day. Wow, what an amazing testimony of love. I think of how many friends I have and do I, do I thank God for them daily? Do I pray for them each day? Do you? That, that's something that we could all learn from, I think. Um, for me, growing up, love meant my family, my friends, and especially my church family, um, finding ways that I could do um, everything that they were doing, and especially them supporting me in trying things that I wanted to do. So when I said, I want to try violin lessons, no one said, that's crazy, Chantal, you have no fine motor skills. They said, okay, and in the midst of it, I had no idea that other people um, struggled. Sorry. No, that's not true. I had no idea that um, other kids didn't struggle with holding the bow and the violin. I thought that that was normal and that was what everyone struggled with. And so in the midst of that trying experience, I became very confident in the God-given abilities that God had given me. Um, so they helped me to do the things that I wanted to do, even if they seemed crazy at the time. Um, lastly, they exposed me to uh, role models who who showed that it wasn't necessary to um, be healed in order to serve the Lord. And so one of those role models was Johnny Erickson Tata, and she, her song, Wheels, came out in the 80s. It's not cool anymore, but I still really like it. Um, it talks all about um, how wheels are a tool given to her and given to others by God to serve him. And so I don't see my disability as a curse because my... my a chair gives me the same ability to, or gives me the ability to do the same things that you would do. So, and I think, uh, thinking more broadly about love, um, love means accepting a person for who they are in the moment while also holding the hope and the faith that they can grow into something more. And so I would encourage us all to share that not only with people with disabilities, but with anyone in our lives that God puts in our path to love them and to expect, to love them for who they are in the moment, but also to expect that God will do more with them and it will be to his glory. Um, they might not grow in the way that we would expect, but that it will be to his glory. So if you can flip the page there, God. Thanks for working with me, God. This is awesome. You want a drink? Yes, So, in the next part of, of 1 Timothy 1 to 14, Paul emphasizes faith. Um, in verse 5, he comments on the sincere faith of Timothy passed through his family line. 
Um, as I mentioned already, this really resonates with me because uh, my family uh, was, was really instrumental in, in making sure that I grew up knowing that Jesus loved me and Jesus had a good plan for me. Um, in verse 6, 1 Timothy, um, he says, um, 2 Timothy, rather, uh, says, um, rekindle the faith that has been put inside of you. Um, similarly, I can relate to this because um, throughout my faith journey, I've been part of um, uh, children's camps and uh, Sunday school and Bible studies in college um, groups and these sort of things. And now, as I've grown into adulthood, it's not only about, about having my faith nurtured by others, but my church and churches like yours, finding ways that I can contribute to and develop the faith of others. So not only ministering to people with disabilities, but allowing ourselves to be ministered with and by people with disabilities, recognizing that there really is no differentiation, but that we need to learn and grow from each other. And working together, as Gordon and I are doing this morning, is really, really important to that. Um, so I want to encourage you to think more. Um, this, this church is a, a very lovely, wonderful, warm and welcoming church with an awesome ramp out back. And so I, I've, I've, been, I've been really blessed by that. There, there are, unfortunately, lots of churches like we saw in the children's story that are not accessible. And that automatically speaks to the theology of, well, I guess people with disabilities are less important then. So making sure that our churches are... Um, uh, structurally accessible is really, really important, but I also want to encourage you to think more broadly about accessibility. So um, not only how can we um, make our church structurally accessible, but how can we make our church a more warm and welcoming place for someone who has autism or who has mental health challenges or who has hearing loss or, or vision loss, as Gord asked the kids a little bit earlier. And you can move right on, Gord. Thank you very much. So now we move on to the confidence part of our passage. And this is my favorite part of the passage because it reminds me to be confident. And I, I think it should remind all of us of that as well. Um, confidence is a blessing that we have in the Lord. Um, when we're doing his work, it's for his glory and not ours, which I hope means that we can't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Still working out the theology on that, that one. Um, and so, um, in um, verse 7, uh, Paul emboldens Timothy with a spirit of... Uh, self-control and um, power rather than a spirit of cowardice. Um, in verse 8, he calls for solidarity with those who suffer. He says, suffer with me for the gospel. Um, I think that suffering in, in our day looks a little bit different, but I'm struck... Um, by an experience that I had in Guatemala recently. Uh, I was serving there for a, a camp for kids with disabilities, and one of the staff said to me, do you want to go horseback riding? And I said, 
this isn't going to go well. I said, <laughs> I said there, there are accessible writing, writing places in Canada that I can't utilize because the extent of my needs makes it unsafe for, for them and unsafe for me. And so, and so I don't go horseback riding. And he goes, no, 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 we want to take you horseback riding. And so I basically had no choice in the matter. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't confident at all, but that grew. Um, I, so two, two guys, so one, one guy sitting behind me on the horse, sitting side saddle, and one, one person walking beside on the right side, and one person walking beside on the left side, and everybody holding me so that I, you know, wouldn't slide as the horse shifted, which was inevitable. Um, and two guys to lift me on and off the horse made it an amazing community building adventure. And so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just imagine this visual. I took some pictures, but the pictures weren't good. So, <laughs> uh, the point is that in North America, we tend to uh, shy away from from um, uh, struggling or adversity or or inconvenience or um, suffering. Where in Guatemala, uh, they they are more inclined to go toward it. And, and the benefit of, of community and demonstrating God's strength in that is phenomenal. So I really do think that the church here in North America could learn a lot from not necessarily shying away from obstacles, uh, but drawing toward them as a community and showing what God can do to remove them. Um, I'll share one more story with you. In a second, I just need some water, Gord. That's, that's fine. Um, when I was 15, a radical new youth pastor came to town. So this is going a little bit back in time. Sorry, guys. Um, a radical new youth pastor came to town, and um, we were supposed to go to a youth rally, but I, I had no... Um, ride, and I assumed that the ride for the youth group was inaccessible, and so I said to the youth pastor, uh, well, is there anything I could do at the church instead? And he said, well, I don't understand. Don't you want to go to the rally with us? And I said, of course I do, but I don't have a ride. And he said, well, that's what the bus is for. And I said, well, I've never been on a school bus. And he goes, are you, are you serious? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, um, come to the church half an hour early. Uh, um, we'll get you on the bus and, and you can go to the rally with us. And I said, how's this going to work? And he said, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Um, and he, in, that, in, in my 15-year-old brain, he quite literally embodied God's strength as he lifted my chair onto the bus and got me um, able to participate with everyone else. Um, it, it was not uh, strictly about the, the rally for me, but that was impactful for me spiritually because it showed not only that God could get me on the bus, but also that God wanted me on the bus and that my presence was a blessing rather than a burden to others. And so the more that we can share that with the community around us, society is all about inclusion these days, and it's really important for the church to be one step ahead of society in order to show how truly amazing God can, God can be and what God can do. 
So, yeah, so Paul's purpose and confidence in suffering, um, just the, the more that we show solidarity with one another, the more that we uh, demonstrate the power of Christ, and um, each one of us bears the image of God, and so one of us can bear a very small portion of the image of God, but together we bear so much more of the image of God. So, um, Tom Reynolds um, is, I think, one of the persons that inspired your um, sermon outline for this morning, and I wanted to share with you, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's one of the contributors to the Theology and Disability Conference, and he talks about how none of us is defined by a single ability or disability, and uh, we all have struggles that we face, um, but that, and for, for some people um, who experience quote-unquote special needs, the experience of isolation or pain can be very, very real, and so to be to be conscious of that and to be willing to walk along, walk or roll or do whatever you need to do to come alongside of them is, is really, really important. Um, as I was reflecting more on what it means for each of us to develop confidence um, in Christ and his mission for us, I recalled um, the, uh, an experience in my grade one classroom, which I'll share with you in closing in just one second. Can I have some water, Gord? So I was helping my grade one teacher set up our fake Christmas tree in our classroom. And my job was to slot each of the identical branches into predetermined holes of the tree trunk. And um, uh, the, tr the trunk was cold and hard, and uh, um, when I was finished, I couldn't help but noticing that something was missing because it didn't have the unmistakable Christmas tree smell. Um, I think that some of us can think of God as cold and hard and rigid, and we can think that we're meant to fit into predetermined slots. So... So I'm not meant to have Gord sitting up here with me changing my notes for me. I'm meant to flip the pages myself and figure all of this out. Um, but in reality, uh, God calls us to bear the fragrance of Christ in 2 Corinthians 2.19, I think. Nobody quote me on that reference. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> but it's in, it's in 2 Corinthians somewhere. Uh, uh, Paul talks again about bearing the fragrance of Christ. And so that is about being a real and authentic tree as opposed to a tree with cookie-cutter Christians where we're all alike and, and we can all do the same things. God has a unique calling on our life that requires um, faith and confidence. Um, and so I would encourage you and I would uh, pray that you would grow in that regard today and throughout your life. And I thank you for helping me to grow in that regard today as well. Amen.